take a walk on the wild side. Said Regarding Lulu. Yeah, you know how it is, Greg. Um, I've yep. been listening back to the podcasts uh, because our audience has been growing. So I want to make sure, you know, the quality's there, that we're getting better every episode. But one of the things I've noticed is my voice gets a little thin as the show goes on. Really? So I'm going to have some tea. So, you know, give me a second here before we go on. I want to okay. get my voice ready with some tea. Yeah. yeah uh, a little bit of lubrication. A little loop. Yeah. Lubrication, yeah. Lubrication, yeah. Lubrication, yes, sir. Wait a minute, Luber, lube. We know we still been. We haven't come up with a name for Lou Reed fans. We um, haven't like was, gotten the perfect name. I was, yeah, I know. I, there was another one I had. Um, Lubets. What about the what about the lubricants? The lubricants, the lubricants. I like it. Hello, lubricants and metallic hats. Lubricants and lubricants. Greg. Whoa. That's almost too good. We have a winner. I can have a little lubrication before every episode with my team. Perfect. Perfect. There you go. I think we're on to something. Well, welcome, everyone. This week, it's a joyous week regarding Lulu. I think we have settled. My God, it's been five episodes, Greg. We've been trying it's to do been, this. It's opening. been a tough. It's been a very tough road, hasn't it? God, a, a very tough man. road. I, I was. To I gotta tell you, dude, I was losing faith in your ability. No. You know, one of the things that I've always admired about my co-host Greg Wolf and hi everybody, I'm Chaz Charles, your co-host, along with Greg Wolf, here on on regarding Lulu, the only podcast that dissects the 2011 album Lulu by Lou Reed and Metallica. We're doing it every week. We're listening to a track by Bloody Track. We're up to track five this week. Maybe and, every two weeks, Chad. Oh, every two weeks. You're right. I'm honest. sorry. We, right. want to be, we don't want to overstate. Well, right. right? I'm overselling. We don't want to oversell. We want to, we want to over-deliver, ah, right? Shit. You're right. Undersell, over-deliver. You're absolutely right. I was ignoring one of the Why don't we say every things. three weeks, and then when we do it every two of weeks, marketing. people will be just uh, uh, surprised and delighted. Just like Southwest with their on-time records. I'm with you, Greg. You know, and that's what I was going to say. One of the things I've always admired about you is, is your marketing mind. And you're always thinking. So you're right. You're keeping me honest on frequency yeah. here. Because, hey, if nothing else, right, we don't have integrity and we're not honest, right? If we're not honest. No, no. We're nothing. No, we're nothing if. If we're not honest. Or if we're, we're not nothing honest. if we're not, you know, full of integrity. And now we are fully self-referential. We have tied our way back to what was our first episode in this, our journey. Mm -hmm. It's been what? So 10 calendar weeks, Greg. That Welcome to episode five. Doing this. Episode five, a little That's a milestone. The honey today. I think we're very excited because of the title. I got to yeah. say, I've been, on, I've been on the edge for a little iced honey. Been yeah. on the edge for a little iced honey. Mistress Dread almost did us in, but oh but we're my. we're back. We're back. God, I still, you know, how long a shower did you take after that last episode? Oh my god, I you know, I, I finally just it got out of the shower me. since that last episode. <laughs> you know, the fam has been like, Where's daddy? And yeah. like he did this podcast with Chaz and we haven't seen him since. It was he's it in was, there crying. It was, it was tough. Yeah, he's crying they, out they, for Lou. Lou beat us up pretty good with that one. He beat he us did. up pretty good. He did. I mean, did you walk away feeling like the the um like the countess? I mean, I, yeah. I totally 
I think we nailed that one. I yeah, hope no, that well, you did. You you absolutely did. Well, I was, it was, I was it was a joint effort. We had to unpack well, that. That was tough, man. That I had your back. Not, he's making us work, Greg. Come on, yeah. Let's be yeah. real. So, I, I I wanted to have the name because we've been just referring her to her as the Countess, but Countess, I'm not sure if I can pronounce it correctly. Geschwitz. Okay. Yes. Countess Countess Geschwitz. Yes. Is, was who we decided, rightly or wrongly, is the woman who likes men. Who is the mistress of unmistakable tingly feeling that just betrayed all that and And made her fall madly, crazily, uh, suicidally in love with Lulu. That's right. That's right. To the point where she in the in the Lulu play, if you remember, uh, Chaz, switched places with Lulu so that Lulu could get out of prison for murdering Dr. Schoen. But not only did she switch places with her in the prison, how did she do that, Greg? This wasn't just switching places. This was doing what? Taking a poison blanket. Tell me. Getting a disease. What, what was the disease that she oh, ended up getting? Like whooping you know cough what? or yes. something? What did, she infected herself with some disease and was like near death. Oh. This wasn't just, I'm going to cover for you. Psst, go ahead, sneak out the back door. She, she took Get one in for the, the team. laundry cart and we'll push you out. It wasn't a caper film. Okay. She freaking right. exposed herself to like, a, what, what was the A disease? dangerous, a deadly disease. Yeah. This, so, but she survives. She does but, survive. And she does and goes on to then basically in a living bequeath, give all of her friggin' fortune, time, energy, fame, beauty, Everything you can argue pours her life into Lulu from the sidelines. That's what I, I actually went back and as you, I'm sure, went back and kind of looked through the play. And yeah, kind of saw that the pathetic character that she really yeah. was at the end. She gave Well, that's what love will do, Chaz, right? You've been right. in love before. You well, know what happened. Especially happens. that tainted love that she's got there, man. I'm Bad love, Ooh, right? Like yeah. Eric Clapton says. Well, and you know what? And that's something that Lou had to say a lot. lot about, right? Well, Lou, I mean, I and I've been revisiting some of his it? stuff too. Mm. Yeah, some of the characters in his his back catalog, man. He's this isn't so uh, foreign a concept to Lou after all, Greg. What was going on Fair in enough. this song, right? Even with the bizarre S and M German, you know, kind of magazine flashback kind of. You know, oh, yeah. stuff that was going on in that song. This is not out of the realm of what's ordinary for Lou. Yeah. As Lou, I've gone back definitely. and looked at more and more, and as I've been reading more of The Art of the Straight Line, my Tai Chi. It's not just Beautiful. about his Tai Chi experiences, right? No, this is really, it's kind of Laurie Anderson unpacking, you know, Lou's life there toward the end and what he was going through and, and talking to all the various people that were around him. So it's been really great to, I don't know, if have you been reading along, Greg? Uh, I have not, uh, but I plan to uh, try to get through that uh, uh, you soon. You haven't been leading naughty, along? Naughty. Oh, we might have to but, go uh, back to I, see the mistress. You get the blood and the strap. The you, blood strap, Greg. You, you, you caught me, Chaz. Blood uh, I strap. Did, I didn't, I, you do, know what? I didn't do my homework new, assignment. I'm going to instill that at work with my team, the new blood strap. You know what? You don't do <laughs> – you, you didn't get that weekly status report in. Blood strap. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm picking up some stuff out of the lulu's uh, the lulu plays in the Lulu. or Chaz, here's another idea you could just force them to listen to the entire album How about i that? think that's my blood strap that's it that could be your punishment make them say you know what go listen to iced honey 
because that's the song we listen to today. Um, okay. But no, I, one, because well, okay, that, yeah, that I, may you not know, be I'm, so I'm going to have to. Right, I better keep it cool. Yeah, I don't keep know. I don't know if this album was released in India. I think I'm going to need to research that. Hmm. I want to ask some of my friends. I've got some friends there. See if they've ever heard of it. But um, where were we? Oh, um, this uh, this whole journey we're on, right? We, Greg, it's been crazy. We're back now for track five. We just spent a whole lot of time here talking about the source material, right? The thing that distinguishes our podcasts from maybe any other that have been out there talking about this thing. But quality. Then, quality. I don't know. it Because if nothing else, our quality is backed by <laughs> our strong sense of being wrong and not giving a sh- and and with integrity being wrong, wrong with integrity, with integrity. there's been a couple of fact checks because if we're nothing we're nothing but integrous is integrous a word I, I don't know but um, okay yeah we are someone used it on me a long time ago and it stuck but i don't think it's a word no but we're we're completely open to being fact checked right Chaz? well we are and even fact checking ourselves so i think i had said that uh, we have a, retrac- a retraction this week I have a retraction, so lose, lose track, what was it, um, Open Invitation, which, by the way, we've extended to everyone out there. Um, and we continue to keep that door open because, as we've seen in the press the last two weeks, particularly these, my gosh, Greg, these last two weeks, which have been nothing but Metallica 24-7, 24-7 Metallica well, new, streaming Because everywhere. of the new album dropped, Jess? New album dropped on Thursday. They took up residency at Jimmy Kimmel. Ah, they were on Howard Stern. They've been all over social media. And if this were a Metalli fan, Metalli cat podcast, then, you know, we could talk for two hours on just what's been going on with Metallica this week. And I think a lot of it's what actually germane to what you and I have been talking about. Okay. Well, we'll talk a little then. A little bit. But where was I going? I don't know where I was going, Greg. Well, you, it was a, it's, a, it's a big, it's a huge week, I think you were going. It's, it's a, huge a huge week, week and um, haven't had much much uh, news out of the loop. You week. haven't gotten much sleep this week. You've been up all, all, all night, all week. I have just, been uh, trolling social media. I've been all over the place with this stuff because I've been so excited to get to our fifth track, Iced Honey. But given that we're doing this in the midst of Metallica just being everywhere, um, we've Dude. seen, you know, you you and I were talking um, about uh, has this band matured? Have they grown up? I think on one of the last podcasts, she asked yeah. me about, you know, where we were. We at. we've grown up to some degree, we, and right. and some some of the musicians that we've listened to our whole lives have grown up with us. And you were saying maybe not not Metallica, not so much. Not they they kind of stick with their the, the same thing they've been doing. So. Well, I got to say that, you know, other than the obvious exception of what we cited as being um, what they did with their movie, uh, what they did with uh, the album Saint Anger, um, you know, in terms of where they've laid themselves, they've laid themselves open and bare to the public before. Um, and in, I guess, some of the, the later works, I wasn't a big fan of um uh, hardwired to self-destruct, but certainly um, it was <laughs> something I listened to and I own. I have it, um, which was an album that kind of came out on their timeline, Greg. Um, after after Lulu, I believe, or you know, somewhere around that period. Um, but certainly after the one that I thought was great, which was Death Magnetic. So it was kind of a return to that and some, you know, uh, return to form kind of stuff. But um, where I got fact checked was when uh, the Lou Reed record 
actually was came out in like he wrote that in 1983. So I think on our last show, I said it was 2008. It was not. So it wasn't like 2008. He was doing mm. open invitation. And that's where, where so where did were. the 2008 date come from? Jess? You know what? There's a little confusion that I had between the book, which I've been consuming and other online sources with regard to where all that stuff was at, because Lori uh, Anderson has released a number of things in and around this book coming out. So this was just one piece that kind of supported where they were. But the book was written in 83. So Lou had been on that Tai Chi, tai chi journey, as I've been learning in the book. No, no, no. The book wasn't written. The, he didn't start the book until later, right? No, he didn't start the book until much later. The book is just an amalgam of all of his notes and the things that but he wanted the song. To uh, open Invitation was Open Invitation, 1983, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was like, you know, 2008. And then he went and did this with Metallica. And I was like, wow, it was kind of a stark contrast between where he was with open invitation and how angry and down and in the shits he was with Lou, uh, with uh, Metallica. And the okay. boys when he's well, that clears Lou. that up. Yeah. So not quite as close in proximity, but, um, you know, with all the other um, stuff that's been coming out in the media, the boys at Metallica have been fact-checking people the past couple of weeks, talking about how they're out here reading commentary on the new album. They're, you know, trolling social media. They've got a strategy to handle it. Uh, Lars Ulrich in particular talking about how, hey, man, Metallica, we're just nothing but love for each other, right? When we're, you know, out there on stage. And this was kind of all spurred, I think, by a clip that kind of emerged um, over the past couple of weeks of James Hetfield uh, out on stage in Brazil and, you know, basically stopping the show and talking about how he didn't want to come out. And he was backstage and he was all down on himself saying, oh, man, I'm old. I can't play anymore. And he's like, but these guys, they got my back and, you know, we love each other. And it was like this big love fest. And he's telling this crowd in Brazil, you know, like 250,000 people at a festival, you know, you're not alone. And, you know, we're not alone. And like, these are messages coming out of Metallica, right? And then as we've been diving into the uh, new material um, on this album, um, you know what, Greg? I, they've kind of gotten to a place of <laughs> they're back in the mood of uh, sharing a lot of open wounds. And it's not just, you know, it's not just uh, James. So it's, a, it's sort of a different James. look, the 72 Seasons album? 72 seasons while we have been previewing these tracks and they have been brutal and they have been right back to what I think is the core of the Metallica sound. And as we've heard now, the whole record. Yeah, man, there's some standout tracks, um, not the least of which being one that, um, that, you know, Rob Trujillo, the bass player, has been out in the press talking about being vulnerable because this is the first album that he's singing prominently as a, as a strong backing vocal contributor. Um, he's he's on the song You Must Burn. And, you know, I, I had to listen to that first because I read the story. And, you know, it's really cool. The guy has got a voice. He sounds a little like Ozzy. And with James Hetfield, there's some pretty cool kind of harmonization going on there. I got to say there what I'm hearing on this record, um, other than the stuff we heard that was very true to the Metallica we know and love. Um, I am hearing some different stuff and I'm hearing some branching out. So looking forward to unpacking this record more. Um, I know there was like so much friggin' hype, Greg. And, you know, that's why we would just be remiss if we don't mention there, you know. So so maybe after 40 years, the boys are growing up a little bit. Dude, they really are sharing a lot more from a vulnerable place. And I know a lot of people I read one review and somebody's like, oh, there's a lot of cringeworthy lyrics on this. And in fact, I'm looking at some of the lyrics and I'm like, you know, their time with Lou is kind of rubbing off. And so 
I think in a future show, I'll kind of give you a couple examples of what I mean there. Yeah. Um, because I've been, you know, I've read James Hetfield's lyrics, you know, since forever. Um, even if I wasn't, you know, big on tracking with the band, anytime this stuff came out, I, you know, looked at the music. And um, I got to say, these lyrics, I'm like, oh, I think there's a little bit of Lou influence in this. Well, I there's mean, some Lou, art. Yeah. Lou's, Lou's a master lyricist. I don't think you can deny that. He's, you can't he's deny a... that. And right. So I think that touch, that influence there. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a taint that's been uh, left. You, you can't, I'm sure, like, you can't do an album with Lou Reed and not have something rub off, right? Hmm. I think I'd be walking around with stains in my shorts forever after something like that. <laughs> you know, you paint especially such a beautiful picture. Too much it. information. Um, uh, you know, okay, let's let's dive back in. I dive there, in. any other news that you were gonna, you wanted to cover though, Chaz? While we're you know, Greg, it's just been a massive week for the band. And um, again, you know, with the idea that Lars Ulrich is now out there, you know, being quoted in the metal press, right, saying things like, you know. Um, you know, when when he's asked, like, well, how do you think vulnerability fits into metal? And then the reason they're asking that is because they have been releasing all this stuff on social media, talking about their love for each other. So the past couple of weeks, we've been learning that the guys in Metallica are actually really close these days and they forgive each other a lot more and they like to talk things out. And I heard him, you know, he's they like large each other. They they do. It's a it's a friggin' love fest among among Alcoholica, Metallica, this band that we've known for so friggin' long, um, and you know these tough guys, um, and and they and they ask them, well, you know, you guys are out here talking about loving each other, forgiving each other, giving up on all your mistakes, and you know, you know, patting each other on the back, having each other's back when they when you're you know feeling down and vulnerable. And he says, well, you know, I don't look at it like vulnerability in metal. I look at it as four guys who are sharing experience together for the better part of forty years. You know, we play music first and foremost. We really enjoy it. We love each other endlessly and we enjoy playing music together and the vulnerability and that transparency that we're comfortable with, you know, is something that we're actually quite proud of. And now they're talking about it. So, I mean, this is a band that, I mean, shit, if anyone remembers the the movie, and I don't know if you've seen this movie that came out, I'm having a trouble uh, at the moment remembering the title of the movie. Well, oh, Some Kind of Monster was the name of the movie. And it was the making of the album Saint Anger. And, you know, this is an album, you know, again, kind of panned by fans and critics because of the drum sound. It sounded like, you know, whatever they did with Lars's drums, it sounded like he's hitting, you know, uh, trash cans, tin cans. It sounded, which, you know, really kind of funny that like everyone, you know, shit on it then in the early 2000s. But these days there's a, a genre of metal out there. I tell you what, Greg, that is centered on that friggin' drum sound. So he was ahead of his time as much as you want to you know, kind of criticize the guy. He kind of was ahead of his time with where he was at with that. Um, so anyway, he's been like really though vulnerable talking about as we started the show, he's out there reading people's comments on the new music. He wants to know, you know, what people think. So I'm hoping to Greg that he's listening and he wants to come around at some point when we've finally expressed where the hell we're at maybe with this whole record and see, have we done the job of approaching this thing? I think what we said, Oh, I think the old synapse are firing. It's fair. We're nothing if we're not fair and balanced. And and what was the other? Um, we sleep on nice fair pillows. Fair and balanced like Fox News? Is like that on saying? pillows. 
and 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 because we're not political, yeah. Jeff. No, sorry. You know we're not political. There's been no other news to talk of in politics. We're not going to go there. No, it hasn't been a, a big week. But um, last last time it actually was. But this time. But one thing, if I can, Chaz, I do. Um, I just wanted to, you know, maybe something that we had promised we would stay on, try and stay on top of is this, um, you know, the critically important um, legal situation out there with buffalo wild wings i am so glad you brought that up greg as you know what you may be able to see i was cheating before i got on the air you can see right there boneless wings served at the buffalo chicken wings you know uh, chaz are they wings has it been determined breasts they are made from white meat they are not chicken wing. They're not a, w- a wing at all, is what well, you're saying. Well, I, I tell you what. Sorry. I looked for an update. There's been no update since the middle of March. I don't know where mm. we're at. I think we're stuck. No. Uh, I was, that's what I was going to say, that I, I don't see that any any action has happened on this um, class action lawsuit. Um, no. No, and I'm waiting uh, for but, my money, but, man. You know, I think we've, we've had to keep our listeners informed, and, and we will stick to that. If there is any news, we will bring it. For sure. Well, listen, man, because listen, at the end of the day, we know so many people were reasonably, they were reasonably believing that the products that they were consuming had been deboned. And you know what? Yeah. The only thing being deboned in the back room there is Demona. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's what's going on at the Buffalo Chicken Wings. At the Wild Wings? Oh, the whatever it is, it's wild. It's wild back there. That's the only thing going on in the back room. It's the you got that dishwashers right. and the servers, and they're boning in the friggin' in the, in the cold serve. Come on, we yeah. know this. Probably doing coke, we running this. around we back there. What's going on in the janitor's closet? I mean, you don't want to know at these restaurants, no. Greg. I've yeah. been there. Yeah. So, so you're basically you're you're you have you you're saying that to say that. Um, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings has fully deboned is not an accurate statement. <laughs> I don't know what they're boning over there, but I'm not going to put it in my mouth at this point. <laughs> I can't ever go to a chicken wings again. I can't do no. it. No, no, but Buffalo but chicken at, wings at, is off my As list. you pointed out, though, the soundtrack, uh, you know, they, they, well, they do play play the Metallica music they there. They do. It was actually there in the back room. You remember the old boom boxes, Greg? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like you had the two big, like kind of eight inch speakers. big speakers, speakers and the cassette deck. Yeah, yeah, and a radio, right, with a big antenna, totally. right? You had a big You could put that baby that right up on your shoulder. <laughs> on your shoulder. Or you put it on top of the dishwashing machine, and then you crank the fucking Metallica during your shift. And that's exactly and while you're deboning those wings, when they're boning that stuff in the back room no, at de- Buffalo de-boning. Chicken Wings, deboning. So that's what's going deboning. Well, oh, oh, deboning. How do you debone it? Is that like through therapy? <laughs> it's, it's different. Is that like a long-term proposition? How do you get deboned? Once you've been boned, man, it's like you're never going back. I mean, how do you un? How do you debone it? Ah, thought these were the you know, boneless chickens. That's, that's Wait a minute, has that been debunked? I think you you've really hit on it this time, Chaz. Has that been that's a a deep that's a deep, deep question, and that's one probably that we cannot solve in this short uh, amount of time that we have. But yeah, you've you've hit on the sort of the question for the ages, really. Once you you, remember something's been boned, how do you debunk it? (laughs) (laughs) Boneless chickens. We forgot about the boneless chickens. So I think we have debunked the idea that there's a boneless chicken farm. Because that was no. something we were thinking about, if you recall. Because I was like, 
dude, boneless chickens. Yes. What does that look no. like when they're raising boneless chickens? You had chicken? that idea. Uh, it was so brilliant. that's been debunked with this because statement right here that products, people really, really reasonably believed that their products were actually wings that had been deboned. Or that, they, that that Buffalo Wild Wings had a, as you suggest, boneless a boneless chicken, chicken farm. farm. If you they had a boneless what? chicken farm, and then the wings would be be boneless, right? I swear. Come yeah. on. The, the day and age we live in, it's almost as if the whole concept was maybe driven by generative AI. I will go there, though, now, because I don't care where this frigging lawsuit ends up. I now know that mm -hmm. the best part of the meat is in that wing. And I'm going to get some friggin' buffalo chicken wings. So for but me, that bone, worked out. Are you out. going boneless? Is that what you said? I'm going boneless, dude. I mean, why not? I don't <laughs> want to be in the back room with the boning, deboning that we talked about earlier. I don't no. want to know. I already know too much. I think I, I'm almost borderline needing another shower because you brought up stuff that goes on in the back room. Well, I mean, you, you, eat, a, you eat a plate of uh, buffalo chicken wings. Uh, God from... knows what's on that plate now. No, no. But my point is, Chaz, that that – you, you probably need a shower. Just, I mean, that sauce gets everywhere. Ooh, you know what? But that's what we were talking about originally. I didn't even give a shit about the lawsuit because it's all about the sauce. You could put yeah. that shit on anything, anything and it will be wonderful. Bone. No matter what kind bone, you go to. It doesn't matter. Dude, it's like peri-peri sauce at Nando's. Giving the dog a bone. Have you ever had Nando's chicken? You ever had Nando's chicken? No. Oh, it's wonderful. Organic, locally sourced. Uh, they got this peri peri sauce. We thought it was only available in uh, in in the UK. In fact, it saved the city of Dover for my wife when we were there because it was like the only place she could eat, and it was a wonderful experience. We had a great time. So Nando's near and dear to our heart. Well, I just been traveling a couple of weeks ago. Saw a Nando's, and so my friend, forget the buffalo chicken wings. Go to Nando's. Okay, free publicity for Nando's. Nando's and their where, 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 where did you see this? Was this uh, what this part was of the out in Arlington, out in DC, in, in DC area. In, in Might the even Virginia have been downtown suburbs. DC or Roslyn, that area. But yeah. there was a Nando's, and it makes me think there are more here. Okay. So We're have going to back to that. our chicken service to our okay. listeners. May, should we should we pre preview for the folks that that you know after the, we we've committed to ten episodes of Lulu, but after that we're probably going to be migrating into a chicken a full on chicken podcast, correct? Did you want to really spill that coop right now? <laughs> Feed is I just, everywhere. I just wanted, I wanted to tease. I wanted to tease uh, it a little bit. All right, all right. Yes, it's not quite a slaughterhouse, folks, but we no. are getting. Well, it's not. It's not definite in the chicken yeah, but, feed, but plans are in the works for. Boneless chickens. <laughs> we've, been we've been working on the boneless. This is why I was so shocked because we're, we're we don't want that debunked. We've been working yes, on I, that. Would it be fair to say that it's in development, the new chicken yeah, podcast? It was. Well, we might have to go <laughs> rethink it now. It's been debunked that the idea is, I mean, because we were there. I mean, I was seeing these deboned chickens going that's our that's the way it is boneless They're i just boneless. think there's there's just a lot more opportunity for sponsors if we if we pivot to a full-on chicken maybe with a little bit of metal in the mix but like primarily chicken right now okay it's like 50 50 between the chicken and the heavy metal music but yeah. if we pivot we do if we if, we, we, if we adjust the mix i i think well, there's just a lot more sponsorship opportunities well, this is where I'm hoping Nando's will pick us up. I would like to be the official be podcast fantastic. of Nando's. Yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings, we're probably not going to get as a, a sponsor because I don't know that we – well, you know what? No, there's no well, such thing know. as bad publicity, right? 
Maybe no we can tie it. You know what? Maybe we can do some art, Greg, because like I'm mm. looking at the cover of Lulu and, you know, it's like got this mannequin and it's got Lulu written in blood. That could easily be sauce. You know, why couldn't we take our, our generative AI art, which, you know, I don't know that people know this, but that's what we've been using to promote the episodes. I've been creating unique art, which I've been very now very distressed to learn that we don't own. Dolly owns that stuff. And then maybe mm. somebody else. Mm-hmm. who that material was derived from might have an ownership claim in my AI generated completely unique and totally on my prompt uh, art. Um, but I was thinking maybe we could use some Buffalo chicken wing sauce to write Lulu like, you know, faux blood. But now I'm thinking the Perry Perry sauce from Nando's would be perfect. So sponsorship okay. opportunities. I mean, we will use we- your sauce to mimic the blood in our artwork for our episodes. But did you know this, Greg? that when the artwork for Lulu was released, I came to discover, it was actually banned in, in the UK, in the London Underground uh, subway, um, because mm. they thought it looked too much like graffiti. The Lulu, the blood-smeared Lulu, written yeah. across the album cover. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to do it with Perry Perry sauce, with Nando's. Very good. On our AI-derived art, which we don't own now, which I'm very pissed off about. Okay. I thought uh, we had something really unique and really cool that we could claim ownership to and maybe, you know, do some NFTs, you know, get into that Bitcoin thing, Greg. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know? Yep. I can Definitely see it's right, right up your alley, right? You're making a yeah. lot of money in the NFTs these days? Um, No, no but uh, yeah, I, I, I like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like to stay. I like to stay current with the, with the latest technologies. Yeah. Well, now it's all bullshit apparently because no, we okay. can't claim ownership to any of it. And there are people out there saying, "Go sue the AI, the generative AI companies now." If you're an artist, because their machines are going to derive things from your work to create the next Greg Wolf inspired reggae song in the key of uh, E flat. I could go ask generative AI to do that now, and it could go do that. And yes. you wouldn't get a cut of that, would you? I would not. Is that right? I, I think that's a, that's not right. That's, a, well, that's come on, though, man. I'm doing art for our that's podcast, a travesty. which we own. That's our intellectual property, this this podcast. It's our intellectual yes. property, right? It is, of course. And the, 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 the artwork that I'm creating, I'm, I'm voice prompting. You know, we, Dolly. we reap all of the all of the the, the revenues. I'm, this well, I'm, I'm saying things, yeah, because right, because there's so much revenue here, and this is really why I'm going on. But uh, so no, my point this. is, Chaz, a hundred percent of the revenue new goes to you and me. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's I mean, it's not an even split. Obviously, you're the you're the lead man. It's eighty twenty. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, but, and you know, we're not doing a, a Patreon or any of these other things yet. But you know, no. If at some point we do, this is where we're going to build the empire. So we have to be able to acquire, we have to acquire assets. And I thought we were acquiring these digital assets, which were these individual artworks that now I'm just going to have to monetize by slapping some, some, some frigging Perry Perry sauce on to write Mm -hmm, mm Lulu. And I can do it because they have different colors of Perry Perry sauce, different flavors. So like every, every episode. We start selling our own line. Chaz of, we, of, dude, of there you sauce. go. Our own there line of sauce. Go. And what we're regarding we Lulu, you know, uh, chicken sauce or something. 
lubricators and lubricants. Metallicats for metallicats, lubricators, and uh, lubricants, whatever. (laughs) What did we say the name was? We're going to have to go back. I thought it was lubricants, but maybe it's lubricants. We're close. Okay, I think we're. I like lubricators too. That's good too. Yeah. Have you been hitting the mimosas this morning? You might. You sound a little little lubricated yourself. Okay. All right. Well, that explains how this has gone on so long. So I think before we go into the rest of the news, why don't we go into the. Let's get inspired to get into the the song here, and then maybe if we have some more news, we can come back after this. All right, let's let Lou uh, count us in on this track. All right, all right, ready? Let's, let's have Lou it. count us in, and and we'll just let's roll. One, two, three. If the effort's too mine, no matter who you are, you can't catch the moon or the sun or the stars. It doesn't matter who you are, eyes turning, eyes turning. Now me, I've tried a million tricks. To make life hold and make it stick Not running heat That's flames in out But the proud piece of ice That always floats ice honey All right, iced honey We got some rock and roll happened? We are going in a different direction this week Dude, whoa uh, This is so this is now it's it's this is Lou's influence now. The whole thing is a Lou Reed song all of a sudden. Feeling it, man. I'm definitely this feeling is, it. you know, yes. Up until now, I felt like the music was like, you know, Metallica was like doing their thing and Lou was kind of doing, you know, his 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 vocals on top of it. But now oh, this very is much a rock were. and roll. This is a Lou Reed rock and roll song right here. No doubt. You are absolutely right. They and it has a back. chorus. It has an actual chorus. That's what I was going to say, right? We were thinking like the other songs, no structure. It's just they're improvising. He's doing slam poetry. This is a song, babe. This is like, okay, I wonder how many they worked on because this definitely feels like, yep, they built it up. There's something here. They had to learn this And Lou is like singing it. Right. Yes, this feels like an effort. This feels like something they did together, right? Not polished, mind you. No, but then again, his stuff rarely that way. I mean, when you go way back, I mean, Lou's stuff always had that raw kind of garage feel to it, right? Like you're in some, you know, dive club um, in the East Village and there's Lou. And there's like, you know, yeah, on the stage, they might be some of the musicians on stage, but they could be sitting over in front of the monitors too on the couch, you know, you know, ready to pass out because they shot up before they went on. I mean, you know, I some of those were going to go. I dude. knew you were going to go heroin on that. I knew <laughs> come you were going to go full <laughs> needle drugs on that one, dude. I mean, come on, right? So, I mean, yeah. just the whole vibe of the Lou Reed experience, because you know, as as you know, you you're. Uh, your very astute commentary kind of led me to try and understand like where he's from a little more, right? Why he was so drawn to perhaps, you know, that, uh, that time and place in Berlin, right? Um, so to be inspired to write this stuff, right? And as we said, he was like, you know, drawn to that artistic community 
Um, it was thespians. It was artists. Um, so, you know, people in the theater, people like Andy Warhol that were blurring the lines. And and particularly, I've learned a lot more about how involved Warhol was early on in the mid-60s there with kind of where Velvet Underground was with Nico and this whole plastic thing that uh, Andy Warhol was doing with his like troupe of artists and musicians, right? And how they were, you know, people didn't really, as I didn't, and just not, I now understand, did not dig Lou Reed at the time, did not dig what they were doing with Andy Warhol. And they were not all the rage and people were not really like these guys are geniuses when they were doing it. And I think that's another thing that kind of drew them to what's going on with Wiedekind writing these Lulu plays back at that time in Berlin, right? Because of what was going on. Um, and in fact, this is where our friend Sully has kind of chimed in a little bit and said, you guys, this is what was going on during that time period in Berlin. You want to know what was going on in the creative yeah, community? Right. Listen to this. Money makes the world go around, the world go around, the world go around. Oh, Money makes the world go around, it makes the world go around. Our friends, the old friends. The most part. The most part. The most part. Isn't that great? Bumped into this guy on the streets of New York, knocked him on his ass when I was a magazine rep working the streets of NYC back in the day. Joel Gray bumped into him. Just a fun little story there. Right, anyway. on, the, on the sidewalk, you just kind of sidewalk bumped right. into him. Right, you, right. About what five I was, minutes after seeing Tom Brokaw walk right by, but anyway, I I know. Well, that's that's New York City for you, that's right? That's New you, York, you, baby. You can't you can't shake a stick without hitting a celebrity in New York City. You really can't, and you can't look, you can't gaw, you know, you can't gawk. You don't want to gas. No, you got to play it cool. You got to be cool, and like our man Lou was trying to do with this song. So now you can't put a butterfly in a jar if the effort's too high. No matter who you are, you can't catch the moon or the sun. Or the stars, it doesn't matter who you are, iced honey. That's actually a verse, man. You know, he actually wrote something there. It actually is lyrical. Wow, it's a song. It's. It, it, I mean, all of his stuff is, is you know, his lyrics are, are, you know, I don't think we were saying that he wasn't writing strong lyrics, but he wasn't writing them in, he wasn't crafting a song as much as he is on no. this. And I think the point is here, regardless of where he's taking his inspiration, um, you know, uh, clearly, um, he and the boys decided, okay, we're probably at a point we need something here because, oh God, we're going to lose. How many are we going to lose after Mr. Stred? Or maybe they didn't give a shit at all. And maybe, you know, this is just where it kind of fell into place here. What I'm trying to see though, quite immediately, Greg, and the reason I stopped, not only to be in awe of the fact that, wow, we finally have a song and, um, to talk a little bit more about how Lou, uh, you know, he's been appreciating where he's from and how we've been appreciating where he's from and what he's inspired by. I'm trying to draw out here. Me, I've tried a million tricks to make life cold and make it stick. Not running heat, it flames then out, but the proud piece of ice that always flows, iced honey. Who is this about? The characters in Lulu, Greg, because if you recall the well, last show, we were thinking yep. that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's doing Any some character studies. 
And and the last, uh, Mistress Dread, you, I think, rightly identified as Countess Geschwitz, uh, the Countess. Uh, Kudos to you for even attempting it. Geschwitz. And, uh, and so now, Iced Honey. Um, iced Honey. Uh, do we have enough yet? I've tried a million tricks to make life cold, make it stick. Not running heat that flames then out. Okay, so this... Ah, okay, not running heat. I'm thinking this is one of the poor people that she was aligned with. Uh, not there yet, but let's... All right, so what have we established? This song's different from the four that have come before it in that it's got probably the most structure. And it's got more of a rock uh, style than we a metal style. Probably, for sure. Prob- yeah, we're probably looking at music that's influenced by Lou more so than Metallica. Much, much closer to Lou's, uh, what he normally would do. Um, you know, with that sort of two chord groove and then a little bit of a chorus thing happening. And, you know, we can, we can relate to that. Mm -hmm. We can understand that. Yeah. We can understand all that. Okay. So I think we're there from the music. You know, it's like, it's as if, it's as if, I guess, to me, uh, Lou wrote something and then, passed it over to the Metallica boys and they played it, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what the, where they would normally go, but it's still them. It's still them playing the drums. They're, they're playing Lou's groove maybe for him, but, but it still sounds like them, uh, their guitars and their drums, uh, you know, doing it. So it doesn't sound like Lou's band by any stretch. No, but it sounds like something that's raw and believable as a Lou Reed, like, as a, I'm sorry, but as polished <laughs> read work, I'm sorry, you know, I, I'm not saying that he puts out turds. No, I mean, some of his songs are, are much more produced well, and much more polished and some of them. background vocals and harmonies and, you know, some. all sorts of parts and, you know, definitely studio polished work. But I, I get your point. He does play raw, too. He does. Okay. But so far, we're digging this. If I can't trap a butterfly or a bee If I can't keep my heart where I want it to be If no matter how much soul and heart I put to the wood If a flaming heart is not that good Eyes honey Eyes honey If you can't put a butterfly in a <laughs> What you they had say? the harmony. Was this the oh. first song that we had harmony on? Well, no, there was, if you recall, Small Town Girl. Were they singing together on that? Oh, forget Brandon Bergate. Yes, he was on that too. But they, together, Lou and and uh, oh, was that the first time they're harmonizing? Yeah, you that, know what? They yeah, were it wasn't really like a counterpoint that they were harmonizing. Yeah, it was more of a counterpoint before, I think. Ooh, so right. this one, even we've even gotten to the <laughs> yeah. point where we have a little harmony on the chorus. Iced honey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what did you think of that harmonizing there, Greg? I was happy with it. And, and you, like you know, that? this okay. is, um, yeah, it was fun. Um, right. It's always nice to put in a little harmony on that chorus. Uh, we All love right. that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, this is much more in a style that's that's much more up my alley uh so to speak and and then then that metal groove so I, I do like it that way too and and lou i mean it seems like he's so much more comfortable singing over this type of 
that's what he does. This is like what, yeah. he, you know, and yeah, and yeah. his voice just sounds so much better in terms of like as a singer. The structure of it does uh, lend itself to allowing you to kind of, yeah, like that's yeah, how I mean, he's hitting he the notes. That's how he does his thing. Yeah. I'm accepting it as Lou Reed now. Now it sounds he like he's singing it. a song. It, you exactly. know, it doesn't sound like he's just throwing words on top of some loud, you know, thrash <laughs> metal. Mm -hmm. Too much makeup, yelling at people, getting ready to do God awful things to you. That last song, breaking up a hotel room in Chelsea. I mean, it was bringing up some bad images. And yeah. here now we're like, wow, butterfly or a bee can't trap me. My heart's it's where I want it to be. Soul and heart. Wow. So wow. They, so they could have they could be in a, a rock club in Greenwich Village in the late sixties yeah, and yeah. playing this. Right, wearing and the, the crowd would understand the groovy it. beads, yeah. And the crowd would understand it and be singing along with Ice Honey. You know what? Ice Honey! You sound like James yeah. Hetfield, right? So, okay. All right, I'm with you. Might not necessarily be my cup of tea. As, oh, wait. Oh, sorry. I will tea. You have your tea, though, right? Got my tea, yeah. Little, because of your voice. Sashi. Your voice, is. it sounds good. It sounds. Is it better today? Is it holding I think up? the lubrication is working. The lubrications. The lubricators. The lubricators. Lubricators. Lubricators and metallic cats. Hope you're all digging your labels. Because if we're we're nothing if we're not labeling people, right? Come on, <laughs> this is uh, what we do. What? We create bias. Uh, we like to shortcut. We create bias, and we like to instance bias in the systems that we represent and work with, right? Okay. So that benefits us. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, we're trying to drive revenue. At the oh, bottom. we're not the trying to do that. No, we work against that stuff. Greg, well, my prediction, yeah. this yeah. is Shigolch. Sh sh uh, the beggar. Oh, the beggar who, who was the alleged father or father figure of Lulu. Shigolch. <laughs> Shigolch. Let's see. Shigolch. 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 Ah, yeah. See, I am. Um, I'm not a good look at the end. I can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little German. Long time. All right. Run out if your final guess has the recipe wrong. And instead of hello, you say so long if your energy stops. <laughs> okay. I wonder if this has to do with him, man. Um, you know what? This this might be him. This may be autobiographical. It's autobiographical. You know what? Greg, it might yeah. be because yeah. what the reason I'm thinking that is Laurie yeah. Anderson said, you know, mm -hmm. think about the works uh, that were out at the time. Leon Russell, his last thing. Uh, who was the other guy you had? His Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon, right? These were like, okay, I'm I'm saying goodbye, you know, making amends, and you know, saying hello to a new life in the hereafter. And Lou was saying, no, fuck you, fuck you. I'm no. And I'm just saying, instead of hello, you say so long. So long, in other words, yeah, what the fuck, right? Not hello to this new wonderful life. So long to, so long to what I have and, you know, fuck you to what he's walking into. 
I don't know. I'm just reading here, your oxygen running out, final grasp, had the recipe wrong. He thought he was doing everything right. As we're learning, right? He Tai Chi, um, in, in The Art of the Straight Line, my Tai Chi, uh, this book, mm-hmm. Lou's writings, his interviews with people. His life were, in Tai Chi. And knew him that were doing Tai Chi with him. He'd been doing it for so long. This was like he said to his personal assistants. That's one of the things I love about the book is that you're getting these stories, whether they were his personal assistant that maybe he fired after six months or the other one that worked for him for nine years or, you know, working, you know, his, his Tai Chi instructor, other people he knew, other artists, things of that nature. But he'd been doing it so long. This was the one thing he could not miss. He had to do every day, could not be taken off of his schedule for anything, no matter where he was. So Tai Chi to him was his life. So this line right here, you know, thought I'd been doing it all right, you know, kind of got the recipe wrong at this point, right? He had been living his life for a long time by the time. But his his oxygen started to run out, right? That's, well, that's what was happening to him. He was starting to, right. So this was like toward the end. At least figuratively, figuratively, if not literally. Right. So if this is a fuck you, goodbye record, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm wrong. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't have, it could just be, uh, a goodbye record it could be uh well no know. she said it was fuck you oh that's what she said he was right yeah. oh, he was okay. angry he Lo- was laurie angry. anderson says that this was laurie anderson saying that in, in the book in the, in art, the of book. The, art of the straight line right right so i've been looking for that too so i've been hearing the anger in the characters right but we knew that the source material itself was angry violent material so i wasn't quite sure what was lou and what's he allowing to come out and these characters are in the brutality now, we clearly think, right, if we were to tie this to him, make it autobiographical, I mean, he's getting fisted by his disease in the last song, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's kind of yeah. taking it whether he likes it or not, right? You yeah. know, if you kind of, if you're to draw those influences here. So we can't lose track of that either because, like, I'm, I'm these other things. Pour it on a piece of charboiled lamb. Uh, if it's all mixed up and you cannot shout and your oxygen starts to run out, if your final gasp has the recipe wrong and instead of hello, you say so long, that's really poignant way. This isn't what I expected. Yeah, totally. No, I think, I think you're once again, Chaz, I have to hand it to you. You're, you're, it's an astute analysis. Well, let's see where it goes from here, because the thing I love about this is we never know. We have no, what, we five, six more stanzas left. And I do call them stanzas because to me, that's how this all kind of flows. It's like mm-hmm. a play. Instead of verses. Yeah, it really is. I'm trying to approach it. And this was from early on when we started dissecting this, too. But trying to approach like what he's doing here as a play. And I think it was Sully Mann who uh, also encouraged me to do it that way. So don't approach it like a record but approach it like a play, like what he was drawing from, right? So yeah. now we know he's drawn from all the source material and it's the very much the time of the bourgeois, you know, sexed up society in Berlin, you know, and, and, uh, but again, now Wiedekind wasn't very well accepted or cause he was pushing societal norms when he put this stuff out in that age of, you know, money, money, money in Berlin and, uh, Reed, as we now know, wasn't very well accepted when he was putting his stuff out in the early sixties in New York in the same kind of environment. Right. So I'm seeing some yes. spirits there now and the artists that, that he, you know, and the artwork that he was drawing from. And so his inspiration is mind space. But we got to couple that with the fact that he was also not doing very well. And 
now this extra context of having this book come out where we understand that for this guy who was a heroin addict very early on and for a very long period of time, struggled with many demons openly in the public, but found Tai Chi, found a way out and practiced it for a long time, had the recipe for what he thought was daily living. And according to all the accounts before he got ill, he was fit as a horse and, and, and it wasn't martial arts. So he was doing it. Um, you know, he was doing the, the follow through strike. He was strong as a horse. He was strong. And, he and maybe he was fit he as a fiddle. With. He was promoting Tai Chi. Yeah, fit as a fiddle. Very, very healthy. Um, the book details how he went from not being very healthy because he had been strung out for so long and, and really kind of found a new recipe and, and a way of life. And now here he was and it was being taken from him. You can relate to that. So, that's, you know, that's a that's a healthy transformation. It really is. And so, yeah, too. So, and as we know, there was a transformation in that Lulu play, but how, how drastic was it and how much can we draw to that? I don't know. But I think what we're seeing here is like, you know, he's allowing some of that anger over his situation to come through, but I haven't really yet gotten to that place of autobiography. So I've been wondering, how was he going to do that? How were we going to hear that? I'm wondering if this is it, but we don't know because we're only halfway through. Does, does, do you we think talk Lulu- a lot. Do you think Lou relates to the Lulu character? I think maybe he does. Because he you like know, he's he, getting raped, but yet he's he's, you know, fully you know, ready to admit that he's as much the uh the aggressor as well. And, and he he was, you know, he he also was was kind of a golden boy too in terms of you know, up on a pedestal and the great Lou Reed and and you know the fans yeah, once and, he and the adoration and the love, right? Right. right. Right, exactly. He was the uh, you know the um, uh, the the Buccinella, the, uh, the 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 clown uh, that she was dressed up as in the very beginning of the play, right? The celebrated mm-hmm. play, uh, uh, the the clown um, in in you know what what Lou said, what what Wiedekind, Frank Wiedekind set up in the play was that you know she was out on stage and she was dressed in this lovely it, as a, as a, wasn't she dressed as a tiger. A tiger in in the very first scene, but then as oh, we learn, I'm as sorry, she's which being scene painted, you about? remember when she's oh being in painted? the painting? Yes, of course. Yes, yes. yeah, yes. yeah. In the uh, leotard that was the clown outfit, the classic yes. clown. Um, right. So yeah, so just knowing that, like you know, the 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 energy that was being put into that, you know, that setup and and what we've kind of got, you know, going on here, none of it comes together. None of it makes any sense. I don't know what the hell I was saying. So I think we have to get right back into the music. What do you yes. think? Yes. To leak out and people wonder what you're all about. A heartbreaker with an unattached heart. The story of love gives them all a start. And me... I've always been this way, not by choice. Just this way, I can't put my honey pot in a jar, or a heart, or a fist of a some young boy. If you can't put a butterfly in a <laughs> what? Wait a minute! Everything we oh. just said. What? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh. What did he say? Whoa. Ah, uh, and me. <laughs> I can't put my honey pot in a jar or a heart or a fist of some young boy. Where's he going with that, Jazz? I can't 
put my honey pot in a jar. I can't put my honey pot or I can't put or a heart. I can't put my heart in a jar. I can't put my fist in a jar. I can't of a, a fist of some young boy in a jar. What in in the honey pot? <laughs> in the sun in some young boy? No. What the hell oh. is this, Greg? Wow. He's uh all right. Yeah. So maybe this yeah. isn't autobiographical. Um, I hope it's not. I don't know what that means. Should I be running away? Maybe we yeah. need to hear the rest to see. Maybe there'll be more context. I. What? I, that begs. I have to listen to it again. Hey, I put my honey pot in a jar or a heart or a fist of a. I got another one that's like that's worthy of being my my ringtone. I would just love to be sitting in a meeting, you know, you know, live with a bunch of people around a conference room table and forget to turn the ringer off and have mm-hmm. that go off as your ringtone. I mean, like, are you saying so? When I call you, that'd be the ringtone. Yeah, that's what's gonna be. Not by choice. Just this way, I. Oh, I, I had another rhyme that I thought was going to come in there. <laughs> Just you know, based on where we've been. I don't know. Uh, oh, wow. that rhymes with sticks. Sticks, sticks. Yeah, it sticks. Sti- you like how he did that? S T Y X, S T I C K S. Rhythm sticks, and your affection never sticks. That's still grooving, though. It's still wow. grooving. It does work. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. But what the hell? Um, I'm still not where where he is. Wonder where we are. I don't know. Wonder where you are. Well, I mean, it's still, it's still the, it's a the Lulu album here. So well, I mean, this is where we run the risk. Announcing slipping off the rails, dude. It's happened. Regarding Look. Lulu, bam, shit. Special chicken sauce that we're coming off. With. We're off the rails again. Oh my god, here we are. Um, off the bone. Off the bone with the boneless chickens. They've been deboned. They're wings that have been deboned. No, they're actually not. They're not wings that have been deboned. They are boneless chickens, right? Did we get back I to be- that place? I believe that that is where we got it's to. It's boneless chicken breast meat. It comes from yes. a boneless chicken farm. From a boneless chicken on a boneless chicken farm. We've got the Free business range, boneless chickens. Everybody, we want you to tune in our Patreon account. We're going to launch it with a GoFundMe. And Greg, I think when, when the plans are ready. We've got yeah. the built-in audience to go there. Yeah. Um, but what the hell were we saying here? My God, Lulu. What? Uh, should we, should we uh, take it all the way to the finish line? Um, but who was the character? And forgive me, I'm trying to open my Kindle here. This is as we're working in mixed media, as I was only able to acquire mm. the Lulu plays on my Kindle. Mm. Um, who are some of these characters that are in the first... The first, uh, what I call the first season of Lulu, but we got Schwartz, the artist, right? I don't think this is the artist. Um, that was the first husband, right? Or was the second husband. The artist was the second husband, 
right? The artist, Dr. Goal was the first husband. Goal was the first. Schwartz was the second. Schwartz, right? Uh, was the painter. Right. So Prince he killed himself. See, the African explorer, right? He, right. And so then the next one, they tried to pawn her off to the guy in Ethiopia. That was this prince, right? Mm-hmm. Then there that was the woman. That did not happen. There was the reporter. There was the beggar, mm-hmm. the acrobat, the schoolboy, the countess. There was a servant, a female servant along the way. Um, uh, in the second act, again, we're back with the second like season. As second we call season, it. second season of Lulu, and back for a second season of Lulu. That's what we should do. We should produce it as a modern contemporary work. I don't think this is a character study in the way no, that Strad was a character is. study. What? And he just, you know, he's a lyricist. He brings in different things. That's an image he's creating. He likes the 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 play, as you you pointed out, between S T Y X, the river sticks, and your affection never sticks. S T I C K S. He's playing on words. So I, I think I think we should move on and, and and take it to the end of the song and and then see where we're at and hopefully they'll do some more harmony on the iced honey uh, iced honey chorus. you like that yeah, you want to get you some yeah. honey you want to yeah. get you some iced honey all right let's see what we got I want some more of that iced honey you want what some more of that iced honey oh yeah man all right you into it just say no matter what you do a butterfly heart Fade out at the end a little. That little, was uh, more than I bar. I asked if I. Yeah, I was hoping for maybe a little more harmony, but they just <laughs> went to town. Ask. They, they went delivered. to town on that thing. You were digging that, man. You were banging your head. That was dude. rock and roll, baby. Woo. All right. As far as Lou Reed bangers go, baby, how That's does this a Lou stack Reed up? Banger right there, ice honey. Dude, is this like the banger of Lou Reed's catalog? Like, is this going to go down as his master banger? I don't know about that, but it's his it's banging down, master. So it's, his the, master it's the masterpiece banger. Is this his on this master album. banger? 
He's a, he's the master banger and 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 this is the master banger on this on this album, I think. Wow, got some lubricators all excited. So, so Chaz, I got a banger. question for you. I got a question. What's that? What's that? So, uh, you know, back when you uh, experienced this this album, yeah, uh, as a as a a young young man, uh, well, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, not that? a young man, but um, no, not a, a young man, man, but an as appreciator. A younger man, uh, yes. When you experienced this album back in the in the in the days gone by, um, do you remember hearing Iced Honey and then it was just kind of a banger? Okay, here's the thing: even the the jazz that you're talking about that would have been 2011. So I was born in what? Uh, let's see, 70, 70 something. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, so yeah. Um, Tell you what, this is not my idea. Was not back then my idea of a banger. So I think my my um, definition of a banger has evolved to be more inclusive than it was before. I would say this is a master banger of you know epic proportion for for a guy like Lou Reed. But like and, back and, then, and for, I would have been Chaz, laughing. Chaz twenty twenty three. Chaz twenty twenty three is calling it a master banger, but you know you wouldn't be master banging to this back in two thousand eleven. Not in my book, no. No. Uh, just since you, Chaz, since you've, um, you know, not to put you on the spot here, uh, okay. So much, but but well, just, you know, yeah, depends on how big the spot it, is. It's what we do, and um, always fair and balanced. Uh, always in, in in questioning, but and trite and true. Yeah, I mean, uh, would 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 you say that that going through this experience? I mean, we're we're. We're what maybe halfway through, right? Uh, the at this our, point, our we are great. We just yeah, we're gonna have a little celebration at the end, right? A little halfway point celebration. I but, think you um, know, we're virtual high five, virtual, virtual high, high five. five. We made it through five. We made it through right five. There. Go. Um, there you go. Nice. Did you hear that? Yeah, I had some sound effects. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. Spike the knob red right there. That was great. Okay, yeah. a little meter went very um, red. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, for me, it's been an experience so far for you. I think it's been an experience. I think you've, you've, you've done research, you've done readings, you've, you've done a lot. And, um, you know, maybe what you experience, uh, musically as, as a banger may have evolved just in the past five episodes. Is that true? You know, it, it has. And what I come to anticipate in this album, I really want to see where it goes. So, um, you know, whereas, you know, I had written it off completely, right? Didn't have another totally. thing, right? For a long you time. Threw it in the, you threw it in the, you literally, figuratively and literally threw it in the garbage. I literally did. And in fact, yeah, it was um, in response to another comment I got. I went and looked for, to see if I had maintained in my old CD uh, artwork uh, cases, the act, the artwork that came with Lulu. I didn't even keep that. So no, I didn't even like, cause you know, at one point I got rid of all my CD. If I know for all you kids out there, this thing called the compact disc, which mm. sadly has fallen. Tell behind. the kids what that is, Chaz. Well, it's a, it's a small, uh, sort uh, of like a drink coaster, right? Like a drink coaster about what, what would you say? About three oh. and a half inches, four inches yeah. wide. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, reflective in nature. Shiny. It's been encoded with, 
um, uh, using uh, laser light. It's been encoded with music that used to be that you now get through things like Spotify and uh, iTunes and other digital sources online. There, they would it actually, was actually put the music into that contained little on a disc. Yes, it was contained on this thing that you can now How use did they to do throw chess. You know what? An amazing feat of prestidigitation, the likes of which you've never seen. (laughs) And if you've ever seen them press vinyl, it's even more impressive than that. Um, But no, in fact, it's it's an alchemy of sorts. I would say it's it's really it's magical. Magical. And we're not into that metaphysics around. No one understands it. It's also very political. No, yeah, I believe the no, CDs we were shut down for political purposes, and mm-hmm. I don't want. No, I'm sorry. We, if anything, right, we're not fair and balanced. We're no, we are fair and balanced. Opinionated and biased. No, no, yeah. right. Because if we're nothing, we're nothing if not fair and balanced. Yeah. Oh, right. I'll get that right one of these days. But no, the way right. you said it, the way you said it, it sounded like we weren't fair and balanced. You know what? Because right, and and you know this whole idea of us being out here right now as Lou, you know, as, as the book came out, um, you know, Lou Reed, and what is it? It is um, The Art of the Straight Line, My Tai Chi, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then we put out mm-hmm. a single, when I, and that, that single just came out, and it's an open invitation to our friends in Metallica who have out, they're out there now with a new record, 72 seasons, all this confluence event of events around Lulu. And, you know, they've been talking in the press about Lulu. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was all a big coincidence. We had no idea that there'd be so much to talk about in this yeah. time and place in, in our lives around, around this work, this, this masterpiece, according to David Bowie, this masterpiece of Lou Reed's. Uh, I, I'm not there yet, Greg, in terms of being able to call this thing a masterpiece, but obviously I think the two of us, we're in a much better mood and a much better place after having gone through oh. our musical exploration this week than we were two weeks. So ago. much better. You know yeah. what? Right. At this point, I feel like you were saying we we just experienced a number that we could have sat through, you know, talking shop in a in a bar in the East Village, you know, and then know. you know Bob Dylan could have taken the stage after the the boys got off, might have with his they electric could have sang guitar. This tune. A, a young Tom Petty might have been visiting the East Coast and could have strolled in. Yeah, and just taking in the show for inspiration right? while he was composing his first album. You never know. Or, you know, guys that I knew um, from back in the day in New York who I'm, I'm trying to convince to come on the show with us. I do happen to have some friends, um, as, as you do, Greg, people who, you I know, maybe, maybe we, could, we could get into, um, you know, a game of uh, degrees of separation, um, mm-hmm. you know, with regard to Lou Reed and people that mm-hmm. we know that have either, you know, experienced Lou firsthand, knew him or uh, lived in proximity wow. to him. But wow. as we've come to kind of learn, even like for ourselves, right, that we actually mm-hmm. have uh, some sources and, you know, places to go to perhaps uh, in the future, bring some people forward that might have uh, some more insider kind of information about or insight into how Lou was living at the time or what his opinions were, or, you know, just Lou yeah. in general. Um, this right. thing has taken on, right? where I was going was yeah. just a, a totally weird life of his own doing this podcast. Yeah, it, it definitely has. And, and, you know, as you say that, you know, we're, we're trying to render a judgment, I think, uh, and an- answer this question. Ultimately we are. Ultimately we are. Um, Master work. It's, it's the, the, the process is, is just as important as the, the end result, I think. It is. And these things take time. 
And you know what? They require a little, you can't rush it. And they require some digression because if you were just to bound into what we listened to, all those songs prior to this week, Greg, I mean, I'm sorry, but you might as well just take a stapler and, you know, uh, you know, staple your, your earlobes or take a nail and drive it through your nose. I mean, if you're going to dive right into that stuff without a little, you know, kind of digression, a little place. We need to, we need to lighten it up. Make a breather. We do because the subject matter the is so heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah. And, and even this know, one, I mean, you know, Lou is clearly, you know, he's still in, in, it's a very difficult time. For Lou, right? This was a difficult time. And, and I, think, I think he loves what he's doing. He loves jamming with his mates from, from Metallica and having a great time in the studio and, you know, making some noise and all making some art and doing their thing. But it's still, I mean, he can't get away from the fact that maybe his oxygen's starting to run out and, and, and this final gasp, you know, has the recipe wrong. And, uh, that that part does feel very autobiographical in terms of where Lou's at with his illness and and towards the end of his life uh, doing this. So there's uh, something to it, Greg. There is something to I it. I think so. That that's yeah. that's where I'm at. You know, in terms of my my reading of of the song, it's your reading, but I'm agreeing with that reading. Uh, and then you were looking for some other uh, you know direct re- character references in Lulu which I don't think we found but I think uh, the 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 thing that's that seems the most correct to me not that there is you know we have to get to an absolute answer on this and and Lou may not you know very well could have a, had a lot of things in his mind when he was composing this it doesn't have to be I don't you know this is this is inspired by Lulu this, this is not mean. Lulu it's inspired by Lulu. right right Right. And, you know, Greg, with what you're saying here, I'm listening to you and the words in front of my face here, right, on the screen. If you can't, you can't put a butterfly in a jar if violence mars your final hour. If you make others feel like jam poured on a piece of charbroiled lamb. What do you think jam poured on a piece of charbroiled lamb feels like? Yeah, well, no, Well, when you were reading that stanza... Uh, I, I, I definitely was thinking about Lulu because Lulu is a butterfly and you can't put her in a jar because, you know, she's also a wild animal and, and violence certainly marred her final hour. Um, it did. It totally and, did. And I think she, you know, I, 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 it's hard to sort of understand that, you know, how meaningful jam on a piece of charboiled lamb is, but, but she, she certainly, um, we know that the Lulu character um, was was a character that these men were and women were, you know, incredibly attracted to with in, with great passion. So so we know all that, too. So was I don't know. A I heartbreaker. Guess... Was she a heartbreaker with an unattached heart? The story of love gives them all a start. Yeah, she, she was a heartbreaker with an unattached heart for sure. She. Yeah. Right. We don't really feel like she loved any of them at the end, like not even Alva. I don't think there was any love lost in in all of that. Right. If anything was leaking out of her other than the blood at the end, it certainly wasn't love for any of the people that had come. Before so so is this is it Lulu? Is, this is just it Lulu? Lulu? You know what, Greg? You might Maybe have nailed it there. Yeah. This might be like she's lying on the floor. Your final grasp. The recipe is wrong. Um. When the energy leaks out, people wonder what you're all about. A heartbreaker with an unattached heart. The story of love gives them all a start. And me, I've always been this way, not by choice, just this way. I can't put my honeypot in a jar 
or a heart or a fist of some young boy. You know, you may be on something and, there. You right, might come back to Lulu. Her affection never sticks, right? No, it doesn't. Instead there of saying she, hello, she says goodbye, right? She says so yeah. long. There were the so I think I think that's that Lou's probably talking about Lulu here now that now that we look a little harder. Yeah. Here. Well, the beggar or the acrobat. Maybe it's Lulu. Yeah, and she's talking about one of those other characters. Yeah. You know, one of the things we need to do is wrap this up because we went on okay. so long yeah. at the early. I, I wonder, are we even recording still? Oh, look at that. We're still recording, so we're good. Hey, you know what, Greg? Um, we were yes. talking about generative AI before, and I don't know. That shit scares the hell out of me. People yeah, out definitely. there trying to ask the thing how to blow up mankind and didn't get it right the first time, so he's trying again. All these other things. Um very scary. There are some, uh, well, I don't know, Greg, what's your take on generative AI and chat GPT and, and things like Codex and all these other tools, GPT-3, GPT-4, where are you at with these things? I, I think that there's a lot of danger. And and do you, do you hear, uh, speaking of, of news, the did you hear? Artificial intelligence is real. Did you hear about the letter that was signed by a lot of scientists? I did, uh, Greg. Who work in uh, I did. AI, including... Uh, Mr. Uh, Elon Musk signed this letter as well, among others. And and you know who that, did not though notable absence in Mr. Bill Gates. Mm, okay, but I, well, there's there's also a guy um, that my dad was telling me about uh, named Sam Altman. I think yes. who is the guy who has uh, OpenAI is the name yes. of his thing. Yeah, and he's saying that, you know, he's not uh, part of that letter uh, right. situation. He's not saying, he's saying that, that you know, yes, there's, there's some danger. Bill have it all figured there, out. There's some danger there, but, but he, you know, he thinks it's, it's controllable. Um, but um, it's, it does scare me. I think it, it, it is something that if I had my way, I, I would probably say that there needs to be, um, you know, a step back and, and, and make sure that we start, we, we think through the things that, that could really go wrong. Cause, cause it sounds like the things that can go wrong can go wrong in a existential way, a, a yes. way that, that, that people are saying, scientists are saying are more dangerous than nuclear weapons and global warming. So, uh, you know, if for my money, yeah, I think, I think a step back and, and, and think this through and, and, figure out maybe how we can put some some guardrails up and those sorts of things would not be wow this is taking on a really serious turn uh jazz this it uh, has but you know what greg you know as i've done before with my investigative reporting with you i am revealing a bias here that you have against generative ai because are you not in fact in marketing sir uh are you yes. a marketer you uh, are yeah. and what's I, one I of do. the number one applications I, I don't you know i i I consider myself more. I consider myself writers. in media, but but I do marketing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you write some copy. Well, we're, you're going to be. I do replaced. write copy, but I, I yeah. work for pu publications. I work. Yeah. Oh, another thing that may be replaced, right? So I'm revealing right now that not only had you never been in a Buffalo Chicken Wings listening to Metallica. I think I have. There's a very loose memory, maybe once. Mm -hmm. And we also, you didn't know what an Ebo was. Claimed to be no. this musician, doesn't know what an Ebo is. 
guitarist mm-hmm. extraordinaire, bass player for the group Accidental Breakdown. But now mm-hmm. we know you have a bias against generative AI because you are, in fact, a copywriter and you don't and want them to take your job. And it's going to write songs in the key of Greg and you don't like that. And someone else is going to get the intellectual, uh, you know, uh, they're going to own that IP, totally ripping you off. It will have all been from the empire you were building will be torn Some down. Some robot Greg. Right. Robot own, Greg. Own my this songs. Is, this is gone. This is what we found out about you in this episode. I'm just shocked. I don't know what to do with this revelation. But You're what I was going to offer up, yeah, until then, right, because I, I do see, uh, in fact, I'm right there with you. I think this is a, a scary time and place uh, to be yeah. involved in computing um, I've been uh, fortunate in my line of work to get to know a little more about some of the companies you and I have just talked about and what they're doing. And I agree with you. I think uh, ethical use of um, artificial intelligence is uh, not something to joke about. And in fact, everybody should be scared shit about what's going about on it. with those things. But not the least of which being for the simple reason that um, it can do things like this. So I've got a little uh, AI that I created for myself. I'm going to call it AI Corey Morissette. Greg, say hello to AI Corey Morissette. He's going to come on and tell us all about our friends over at the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Corey, welcome to the show. Welcome. Go for it. Go, go, Corey. Go, Corey. Uh, Speaking of the Deep Dive Podcast Network, let's just run down the rest of the shows. We have Scott at Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast. Uh, he's got another what season or two to go. Then he might be done until Uriah Heap uh, releases another album. So go check out his show there. Uh, Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Man at Skinnerd Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at University Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. Uh, some dude named George and Hattie at the Judas Priestcast, which everybody should go check out. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, Clay and Rye at North by South podcast. Greg and Jonathan again at So Far, So Pod, So What? Talking everything Megadeth. Uh, two of my favorite podcasts of all time. Uh, I, I bust his balls a lot, but Kevin Brown at the Tom Petty Project. Breaking down the entire Tom Petty uh, catalog. I'm a big Tom Petty fan. I love that show so much. And Kevin and his buddy Randy doing Seaside Pod Review, another Queen podcast. Um, They got a wheel. They're spinning it. They're breaking down track by track and having a lot of fun. Uh, Quinn at and Volume for All. Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at Rock Roulette Podcast. And Chaz and Greg breaking down the Lulu album from Lou Reed and Metallica at Regarding Lulu. Go check that sucker out. And check out some of our our favorite uh, podcasts out there, like the DLR Podcast. The Bogus Dogus Show, uh, Booked on Rock, and the Sean Geek and Fast Threat Podcast, uh, Dissect That Film, uh, You're All Doomed, the Friday the 13th Podcast. We're available on all of the social medias, uh, at least the ones that currently matter. Uh, Twitter, for the time being, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, run by our one and only Mark Kameyer. And, of course, on Patreon, search us up there, Podcast Will Rock. Uh, pick a tier that's right for you and uh, help us grow the show. You can find me. Uh, at uh, C.D. Morset, as well as my other two shows on the Deep Dive Podcast Network, Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited, where we're uh, 
trying to compile the ultimate Aerosmith mixtapes. Uh, Scott Haskin and John Marion and myself, uh, we got a long way to go on that one. As uh, Mark and I reach the end of the Van Halen catalog, we're still barely into the uh, the Aerosmith catalog. So uh, join us on there. Also, John and I do a show called Backtracks Theme Music, where we're talking everything music and movies. Corey, thanks so much. Uh, we love listening to and the podcast will rock. And Greg, I don't know if you can see it here. But I just, in the mail this week, received my Mick t-shirt. And the podcast will rock red with yellow logo. I'm out there. You know what? Fantastic. Wearing this shirt. Our friends over at the podcast will rock. Everybody tune in over there. Um, And all those other great podcasts that Corey mentioned. Gosh, I have been trying to catch up on some of those. But honestly, we've been so busy with the Metallica news trying to capture this this story here trying to hold on to it you know by the tail the whole uh you know buffalo chicken it's like trying to grab a comet by the tail is what i feel like jess well why would you be granting you should not be grand grabbing condoms by anything that's not a tail greg Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what i meant to say maybe i didn't pronounce it clearly was a comet but but, uh, definitely jesus wow uh, i don't know you know, <laughs> good. Thank God that was an yeah. image I didn't need. So no, anyway, it's like, but, but uh, yeah, I feel like we've cats. been trying to grab a, a, a cats comet. Might be a better one. I we've been trying know. to grab a comet by the tail here. Yeah, uh, whole, by the yeah. The, this whole Lou Reed and Metallica thing—it's—it's it's just crazy. It really is, and it's taken on a life of its own. But here we are, uh, two weeks after two weeks after two weeks. We've done this now for ten weeks. We got ten more, Greg. Look at it that way. Ten more weeks until, as you said earlier, letting the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Where are we going with this? Well, you know, Uh, I mean, the chicken podcast is is in development, but it's really not. Based on our conversation today. It's not fully formed or or fully deboned at this point. Well, all right. But we have to get back to that place. We need boneless chickens. So next time on Lulu, boneless chickens. But not only that, we're going to have another track. And it's going to be track number six off of Lulu, Cheat on Me. That sounds fantastic. All right. So listen, though, I don't know that we really nailed who we think Ice Honey was about. So for me, I'm going to say Lulu. an open question. You're thinking it's Mm. Lulu. I'm thinking it's Lou. I think it's Lou. Lou. Yes. Well, I think it's Lou and. So I think it's Lou Reed and maybe one of these other characters. It's yeah, he's relating. He's relating. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah, you could be right though. It could be Lulu with where we are. I, it's going to be interesting to see, right? Does he weave in and out of telling Lulu's story, going to tell another character's story? But cheat on me, hmm, got me thinking. I need to read up on my play and figure out was there. Yeah, there certainly was an element of cheating with one of those characters. Oh right? yeah, guy's yeah, wife so, well, didn't know he was involved with Lulu. And I and think when marrying Lulu, by the time uh, Shone, Doctor Shone marries Lulu, yeah, and she's she's gone through several men who have died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, she is uh, having affairs with a lot of other folks. I think at that point in time, with the Countess, we've talked about. Yes, uh, and. Um, I think with Alva, uh, the right. son of Dr. Schoen, with Rodrigo, the, 
yeah. the circus uh, performer. So there's a lot of men and women in Lulu's life. So she's she definitely there's there's many options for there are cheating. Some potential suspects we should be. Ah, this is true. Many many suspects. For the next time. From Berlin. From Berlin. Tune in next time. If you like us, share us with your friends. If you don't like us, share us with your enemies. We're here no matter what, folks. We got five more songs to go. So thanks for being with us. Until next time, I'm Jazz Charles, your co-host, along with... I'm Greg Wolfie Wolf. And we are hardwired to self-destruct with this podcast called Regarding Lulu. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. Thank you. See you next time.